there is a very beautiful and very poignant story contained in the gospel according to John chapter 4. Jesus and his disciples were passing through Samaria. He left Judea and was going to Galilee. And they came to a city of Samaria known as Sychar. That's where Jacob's well was. And they weren't able to take any form of public transportation in those days. They had to walk. And it was a long journey from Judea back to Galilee. And as they came to the city of Sychar, Jesus was weary, John tells us, from the journey. So he sat down there on the well curb to rest. And he sent the disciples into the city to see if they could find something to eat. I guess they were going to Chicken Express or perhaps the Dairy Queen, but they were going to go and find something to eat and bring it back to Jesus there. But while Jesus is there sitting on that well curb resting, there's a woman from the city, a woman of Samaria that comes to the well to draw water. And now that is quite an unusual thing because it's the middle of the day. And more, most often the people of the city, the women of the city that would come to gather their water, they would come early in the morning in the cool of the morning or in the afternoon in the cool of the evening. And it was actually a, a, a social event, you might say, because as they would gather there at the well to draw their water, they would visit and they would catch up on the latest news because they didn't have Facebook or, or anything like that in those days. So the only way they could catch up on what the latest news, a.k.a. gossip, was in the city was to to meet each other there at the well when it came time to draw water. But this woman, she did not want to come during the early morning or the late afternoon because there were things about her that she didn't really want to face with other people. As she came that day to draw water, she would rather come in the middle of the day and face the heat of the midday sun than the heat and scorn of her fellow townspeople. And so as she came that day to draw water, and she saw Jesus there, and Jesus saw her coming. And Jesus saw her, and He asked the, the woman of Samaria, if she would give him something to drink. And she looked at him rather quizzically. She said, how is it you're asking me for something to drink? You're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. And the Jews and Samaritans have no dealings with each other. 
And Jesus looked at her and he said, well, if you knew who it was that was asking you for something to drink, you would have asked of me and I would have given you living water. And she looked at Jesus and she said, you don't have anything to draw with. And the well is deep. How are you going to give me this living water? She wanted to know, do you really think you're greater than our father Jacob that that dug this well? And Jesus told her, He said, anybody that drinks the water out of this well is going to get thirsty again. But people that drink the water that I've got, they're never going to get thirsty again. Because... It's going to bring up within them a well of water of everlasting life. And she said, well, give me some of this water. And Jesus looked at her, and I can imagine there was a bit of a twinkle in his eye. He said, well, first, go tell your husband and then come back. And Jesus, and she said to Jesus, I have no husband. And Jesus said, well, you've spoken correctly. You've had five husbands, but the man you're living with now is not your husband. And I can imagine when Jesus told her that, he lifted her about 18 inches off that well curb. She said, I I think you're a prophet. You see, it's a very interesting interaction there. This woman of Samaria comes to draw water. And she was a beautiful woman. But she was a very unhappy woman. We never saw her. There are no pictures of her. But she's a woman who makes a definite impression upon us. She's not young anymore. But she's not old and advanced in years. And as you look into her face, those traces of beauty, that attractiveness of her youth is still there. The beauty that attracted those five husbands is still quite evident. But as you look into her eyes, there's an unmistakable look of sadness. Because she's an outcast woman. She's the woman the others would talk about when they would come early in the morning and late in the evening to draw their water. Scripture doesn't tell us. We'll say her name was Rachel. And they talked about Rachel when they came to draw water. That's why she came at midday is so she wouldn't have to face the darts coming from their eyes. She wouldn't have to endure the scornful looks that came from her fellow townspeople. Because you see, everybody in Sychar knew about her. Everybody in Sychar knew about her sordid past. And everybody knew about her soiled present. Why she had 
become this way, no one really knows. But though everyone knew about her sordid past and everyone knew about her soiled present, there was one thing that everybody didn't know. But Jesus knew. Jesus could look into the hearts of those He came in contact with, and Jesus knew what was going on there. Just like Jesus knows what's going on in my heart and your heart. And what those that came in contact with her did not know was that she was terribly dissatisfied with life the way she was now living it. And there were times that she looked upon herself with disgust. Because she never dreamed of making the mess of life that she had. And she may have been one who was more sinned against than guilty of sinning. But no one ever sets out on the path of life and says, I'm going to see just how big a mess I can make out of my life. Nobody ever starts out and says, you know, I'm just going to see how bad I can mess up. It's just not something we do. And she never dreamed that her life would end up the way it had. And she was desperately sick of what she had become. And she knew that. And Jesus knew that. And deep down inside her heart, there was a longing to be a better person. There was a longing to be different. And Jesus knew that too. And that longing that she had to be different is something that's characteristic of our race. It belongs to the very best of us. And it belongs to the very worst of us. And it's not just a characteristic of great moral failures either. Think of some of the people that came to Jesus. Think of that night, probably about midnight, that Jesus heard a rap on the door. And as He opens the door, there is Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He had to come at night because he didn't want the respectable Pharisees seeing him come to this young teacher who said such radical things. But Nicodemus came to Jesus by night because he had questions about eternal life. Nicodemus was a good man. He was one of the rulers among the Jews. He was one of the leaders among the Jews. Or think about that young man one day that came running up to Jesus. Talk about enthusiasm. That was enthusiasm. And he comes running up to Jesus and he falls down at his feet and he says, Good Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, Thou callest me good. There's none good but God. But if you'd enter into life, keep the commandments. Which ones? Jesus says, Honor thy father and thy mother, and he enumerates the commandments. And this young man says, I've kept these from my youth up. 
He was not a bad person. He was not a moral failure. He had kept the commandments, but he wanted to be a better person. And that's why he came to Jesus that day. Jesus told him to go if he wanted to be complete and perfect. Go and sell what he had and give it to the poor and come follow him. And then we're told that this young man that had come to Jesus so enthusiastically went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. But he was not a bad person. He and Nicodemus, that rich young ruler and Nicodemus, they were not tragic moral failures. They were good people. But they had a desire to be better. They had a longing to be different. This beautiful, unhappy woman that was sitting there on that well curb with Jesus Sychar that day. She had a longing to be different. But Jesus knew something that she didn't know. Jesus, along with everybody else and with the woman herself, knew that she was an outcast. And Jesus and the woman knew that she was not content with life the way it was. But Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ alone, knew that life for her did not have to go on like that. Everybody else had given up on her. Everybody else had washed their hands of her. Everybody else had said, that's what she is, that's what she's going to be, that's what she'll always be. And yes, the woman herself, she'd given up. Five failed marriages, and then she said, what's the use? There's no use promising till death do us part. Death's going to have nothing to do with the first big argument that comes along. It's over. So she'd given up. She'd lost heart. She'd lost hope. Just suppose early that morning one of her friends had said to her, Rachel, Today is going to be a different day. Today things are going to be better for you than they've ever been before. You're going to meet a man that's going to change your life forever. Know what she'd have said? (laughs) Yeah, right. But guess what? That day she went to the well to draw water. And there was a Jewish teacher there by the name of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ reversed the verdict of the crowds. You look through the entire New Testament and my friends, you will see that Jesus Christ always has the utmost confidence in the most hopeless of people. Jesus believed that every man and woman on the top side of God's green earth has within him and within her the capacity to be a Christ-like individual. Jesus sees in every coward a possible hero. 
And in every sinner, Jesus sees a possible saint. And that woman that came to draw water in the middle of the day at the well by Sychar, Jesus pledged to make the impossible become possible in her life. She was going to find this treasure of Christ-likeness, this treasure of a new life in Jesus Christ. Because up until this point, she had been looking in all of the wrong places. It's like a a beautiful song. It's not in any of our books. But it's one of the most beautiful songs that, to me, that Bill and Gloria Gaither ever wrote. As I say often, relax, I'm not going to sing it. But the words go like this. Like the woman at the well, I was searching for things that could not satisfy. And then I heard my Master speaking, draw from the well that never shall run dry. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting in my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup. Fill it up and make me whole. Fill my cup, Lord. Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ alone has transforming power. He has the power to change people's lives. You remember? When he met Simon, he said, Thou art called Simon, thou shalt be Cephas, meaning a rock. The reading we had as a part of our communion focus just a moment ago. Peter drew his sword and he lopped off the ear of Malchus, the high priest, If you keep reading from where we stopped, what you'll see next is Peter warming himself by the devil's fireside and Peter becoming a coward and Peter denying Jesus. And Peter denying Jesus with cursing and swearing. And then the fickle Simon goes out and weeps bitterly and Jesus transforms his life and the fickle Simon becomes Cephas the rock that preaches the great sermon on Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Or you see a man by the name of Saul of Tarsus making havoc of the church on his way to Damascus to persecute Christians there. And on the way, God knocked him down. He beat him up. He sent him into the city and he was baptized and made over and he became Paul, the greatest preacher that the world has ever known. John, the son of thunder. There was a Samaritan village that didn't give Jesus proper respect. And John said, Lord, let's just call down fire from heaven and turn every one of them, burn every one of them up. The man that wanted to turn an entire Samaritan village into crispy critters 
became the apostle of love. But I suppose my favorite story of transformation is that little bow-legged Jewish tax collector named Zacchaeus. Jesus was coming to town. He was coming to Jericho. And, and Zacchaeus heard about it. And all the people heard about it. And there's a crowd of people thronging the streets. And it says Zacchaeus was short of stature. And he was a tax collector. He wasn't just a tax collector. He was the chief tax collector. He, they hated him. And I can just see him as he's trying to get through the crowd to, to get a pass all of the tall people so he can see what's going on and get out of the way. And elbows hitting him in the face. So finally he gives up. And he goes running down the street as fast as his little short legs will take him. And he climbs up in a sycamore tree because he knows Jesus is coming that way. And Jesus walks up to him and he knows his name just like he knows your name and my name. He looked up in there and he said, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going home with you today. Oh, I wish that Dr. Luke or somebody had told us what Jesus said to him. I would love to know just what Jesus said that day to Zacchaeus because I'd like to tell some people what he said. Because it said that when they, Jesus went home with him, Zacchaeus said, Lord, half of everything I've got, I'm giving to the poor. And if I have taken anything wrongfully from any man, I'm going to restore him what I took four times what I took from him. Talk about your changed life. All of those people, just like that woman at the city, at the well by Sychar, Jesus changed her life. She went running into the city. She left her water pot. She forgot what she was doing because she started doing personal evangelism. She left her water pot. She goes running into the city and says, you're not going to believe this. I met a man. I met the Christ. And they all came out to see. And it says a lot of people believed on Jesus because of what the woman had said. And he changed Peter's life. And he changed Paul's life. And he changed Zacchaeus and Matthew and John. And when we submit our stubborn will to the will of Jesus... We'll be transformed too. We can be completely different. That woman became everything she could for Jesus. It was D.L. Moody one time that said, It yet remains to be seen what one man or one woman totally committed to God in our generation could actually accomplish. Peter said, Jesus left us an example to follow in His steps. Jesus took ordinary people. Let me say it another way. Jesus took ordinary failures like me and you. And change their lives. He took even more tragic failures like that woman at the well. And changed her life. What we must do 
is submit our stubborn will to the will of Jesus. What we have to do is make Jesus Christ Lord and Master of all of our life. If you need to make changes to do that, this is the time as we stand and while we sing.